What's happening? This is the Tap In Podcast. We are live inside the Tap In studio. Man, we got a good one today, boy. I'm telling you. Um, before we get before we get started on the show, uh, we got to take care of some business. This episode is brought to you by Blue Chew. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. Blue Chew is made in the USA. It's, pre- it's prescribed only online by licensed physicians so you don't have to go to the doctor or wait in line it's even cheaper than a pharmacy and they prepare and ship it right to you in a discreet package so no awkwardness and you don't have to leave your house this is um brought to you by bluetooth.com make sure y'all go uh to bluetooth.com that's b-l-u-e chew.com backslash tap in for a free uh, Bluetooth on us, on the house. You know what I mean? Just pay the $5 for shipping. Stop going to 7-Eleven before you go to your girl house. You know what I mean? Now, let's get started with the show. So, it's always a pleasure, one, to, you know, tap in with somebody that's from the crib. You know what I'm saying? First yeah. and foremost, first and foremost, um, I got my boy Dante Johnson in the building. What's happening, man? Oh, man, I'm just happy to be here, man. It's a beautiful time. Yeah. Tap in podcast. We locked in. That's right. We about to get into it today. Yes, sir, man. Yeah. I appreciate you, man, for, yeah, for for tapping in with me for sure. Most definitely. You know, when you when you um um sent me the message to tap in, um, and then I saw you was from the crib, and you, you know you you people's with my boy Johnny and everything like that. I had to I had to come pay homage and, and drop in with you. So it was definitely a yeah. no brainer. How did you and Johnny meet? How did me and Johnny meet? Man, that's a good story. Uh, me and Johnny been knowing each other for a while, man. I can't. I don't even remember how we met, bro. Just doing good business. Yeah. And, uh, that's a very good story. I, you got. I'm about to get back <laughs> to you. I, I can't even tell you how me and Johnny met, man. I gotta really jog my memory on that one. But anyway, I can tell you this much: when we met, it was like. We was good, yeah, and and, um, and we've been rocking ever since. Yeah, Johnny, a good dude, man. Yeah, who introduced me to Johnny, man? I gotta think about that. <laughs> I, I, I don't remember how I ended up meeting Johnny. I gotta really think about that. That's a good question. Yeah. I'm gonna have to get back to you. Okay, all right. So, one of the reasons, um, well, two. This uh, I, this is the first show for Black History Month. You know okay. what I mean? So right. we are kicking it off oh, yeah. with a, with a blast for sure. Um, so one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on is. You are a black architect. Yes. You know what I mean? Not, I mean, I don't mean to put the black on there, but I'm high. No, no we're going to put the black on there. Okay. Because that's very, I want to highlight that, though. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? You got to. It's very important that we we demonstrate our, our excellence. You know, like I was telling you earlier, um, the, the, the highly respected architect, engineer, developer, um, Paul Williams Revere, right? Yeah. Um, he, you know, developed and designed some of the most beautiful architectures in L.A., and so, um, and just for clarity for, 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 for those who may want to challenge us on this, I did not acquire a degree. I'm not a licensed architect, but you do, that doesn't, that, that's not a necessity. You don't have to have that to be a classified draftsman or refer to yourself as an architect. Mm, okay. And so I'm an architect by trade. I've been in the business over 17 years now, right? In the, in the business of land development, construction, and, and real estate. And I have immersed myself into the skill of the understanding of how to construct, how to reverse engineer, and how to, re, how to engineer things that even engineers can't even wrap their brain around. Because, you know, come, when you go to school, you're taught a certain philosophy, right? Mm-hmm. And when you don't go to school, you have to learn a certain philosophy. And so you start to do things through ingenuity, that creates things that will challenge an architect or engineer. I've been in I've been in meetings 
designing homes with architects, man. And I, I literally had a, had an uh, architect out of South Lake, Texas. I was building a 8,000 square foot home, $3 million home. The, just the plans alone were $32,000, right? Mm-hmm. And I asked the architect to design it a certain way for me. And his rebuttal to me was, Dante, with all due respect, I've been doing this X amount of years, a lot longer than you've been building. And for you to come in my office and tell me to take modern aspects of architecture and and put it into traditional architecture is like me coming to your house and telling you to, um, let's say, make fried chicken with cilantro lime. That was that was that was a racial direct statement at me because he was challenged and he was conflicted. Yeah. And 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 for me to tell him how to take his school of thought of architecture and put the whoop on it, and I say whoop, right? Yeah. Like they don't understand. Some people just don't understand how ingenuity we are and how creative we are, and we do put a spin on everything, right? So because of that, like you know, I I run laps around some of these engineers and some of these architects. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So man, I want to let's let's get into it because I know you from you from L.A. right? Born and raised. Born in LA. and raised South Central, man. Yeah. And um, you know, I just I just realized something the other day, bro. I live in Cedar Hill. And I was and I was born at Cedar Sinai Hospital, mm. and I, I I do refer to myself as a as a spiritual being living a human experience, and I and I relate a lot of my myself my energetic self to some of the the, the higher vibrational energies that come from our ancient ancestors from from ancient Kemet, and one of the most prestigious aspects of ancient Kemet was how everything was developed. And some of the the first carvings and some of the first um, relics were all made out of cedar wood. Mm. And now I live in Cedar Hill on a plateau. And when I look at where I chose my site selection for my house, indirectly, just, you know, by just all purpose and calling, it's on a plateau. And the plateau at Giza, which was designed by architect Dozier, right, for Khufu, which I, ha- I resonate with a lot, it's on a plateau and it looks over a city. Just like the plateau of Cedar Hill where I live. And and not only do I live in Cedar Hill, right? I was born at Cedar Sinai. So you see how like some of these things, bro, when we go through the journey and the process of life and we come full circle and you start to connect certain dots, you realize why certain things work, right? So Dozier and Khufu and all these cedars and all these ancient ge- um, um, geometrics and um, uh, ancient architecture, you know what I'm saying? Certain things yeah. like that, right? Ties into this natural ability for me to be a natural architect and engineer without ever having to go to school for it. Yeah. So when we talk about being spiritual beings, living a human experience, right? Um, through the Mahat process, right? These 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 ancient ancestors of ours, if basically through the Mahat, if your if your process of life was in good spirit and, and in pureness, you can come back. And resonate yourself or live through another human vessel, mm. right? Energetically, right? Uh-huh. So I'm not saying that I'm a reincarnation of anything. I'm saying that my human vessel has been chosen by certain energies to bring forth things that can promote myself, my intellect, and things that I, I choose to bring into this existence of this new world that we live in. Yeah. You see how dope that is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shit. God damn. That's deep, man. That's that's deep. Very deep, yeah. bro. I, I, you know, sometimes I have to be careful who I talk to and how I talk because um, it could come across as, like, preposterous and, and dumb as fuck to people. Yeah, but... Like, this, this dude is crazy, right? But if you step back and you just pay attention to my process, 
and you watch it, if you choose to watch my, my, my crazy ass, you know uh-huh. what I mean? If you think I'm crazy, then just watch the art of manifestation and how I can tell you something today and how it manifests in the next two or three years. Right? Yeah. So that's when you talk about tapping into multidimensional purposes. Yeah. And using your superconscious, right? Versus your sub and your just your 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 your, your lateral conscious, right? Yeah. Man, because I'm 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 all for that. Like I feel like I can, I can speak something into existence where I can say something where I'm just like, I know this is gonna happen, exactly. and and then I don't even like even dwell on it, and then I look up and it's it's like, even with even I know this is a small space right here, but I'm manifesting a, a way bigger space, even when I'm not even here. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like like. I, I feel that man like and, you don't and, even and know to the core I do because I I, I I get it right and the the mind has the the true ability to give you the visualizations that your heart desires right mm-hmm. and through your fervent faith of that process all these things will manifest out of the ether into your existence all we're doing is pulling things down that exist in another time and space mm-hmm. we're just catching up to it so so there's a saying, time just hasn't caught up yet. But all the things that I want, want me back. Mm-hmm. And we can collapse decades into days by strengthening our manifestation capabilities. Mm. But back to, your, back to the initial question, bro. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm from L.A., born and raised in, in South Central L.A. Okay. Uh, grew up right there off of Normandy and 39th in the Thumbs. And um, lived in, in L.A. and in, in Man, everywhere, Compton, Watts, Inglewood, the Valley, Lancaster, Palmdale. Went to schools in all these different areas. You know, in L.A., went to King Elementary, Fauche, Audubon. Then make it to high school um, in L.A. because we, we, we moved up to the Valley. I went to high school in Palmdale. Um, then ended up in Bakersfield and went to high school in Bakersfield. Graduated high school in Bakersfield. Okay. Uh, did a little bit of college in, in Bakersfield and in Santa Barbara. And uh, my mom ended up passing to a tragic car accident mm. um, around that time when I was in my college days. And I, I had two little brothers that, you know, um, I had to take care of because their father um, wasn't, you know, I mean, what wasn't in our lives really like that. My father died when I was, you know, young. So my mom remarried. I had a stepdad. Mm, okay. And so, um, so, so my two brothers died. He, when my mom passed away, like he wasn't there to be like, okay, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna take your brothers, and you know, I was grown. You know what yeah. I mean? I was already living my life, and um, and then so I had to basically become mom, dad, and brother and yeah. homie. Yeah. And so, bro, I put my brothers through through high school. Put one of them in the military. One of them went to the pen. My youngest brother went to the pen. He wanted to be, you know, he was out there, mm. and uh, and he was he was a gangster. He was cold. I didn't know what he was doing, mm. and a lot of the reason was because you know I was working and doing. I had to do. My little brother was still out there moving around, but he was real. He was real solid. Like he never brought no issues to the crib. But one day he got jammed up, so he ended up going to the pen for like four years. And my other brother was in the military. So, like, little bro went to the pen. That was his college. Uh. And the other bro went to the military, and he came home. And so to this day, man, me and my brothers, we still thriving. We still doing good, man. And, 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 you know, like, you know, it's unfortunate to lose a parent, to lose your mom. But I would say that um, in absence of our physical presence at the time, it saved my life, truly. Mm. Coming from L.A., dealing with some of our, you know, our our, um, our um, circumstances, yeah. some of our sphere of influences, you know, a lot of things that I probably would have done if my mom was still alive, you know what I mean, um, that I was doing at the time before she died, it probably would have incarcerated me for life 
or would have took my life one way or the other. So um, on one hand, I'm grateful that I had that experience because it shifted me. And on the other hand, I'm still grateful that God gave me the, the time that he did to learn from her and have that experience to, you know, to carry on. So, you know. So how did you go from, um, I guess, from that being the, the, the responsible person or the, the parental figure mm-hmm. to moving to architect like well how did you get did you where you were a drawer where like how did you transition got you so no i wasn't um at the time bro to be quite honest with you uh i was just i was hustling bro i was i was i was working at aaron reynolds delivering furniture at the time and um i, I you know i mean my father my grandfather was a big gambler and i taught i learned how to shoot dice real early so i used to always shoot dice with my paychecks you know and i used to flip my paychecks mm. and that's how i substituted like my little 500 600 two-week check to take care of my brothers because i turned that into a couple of bands right and sometimes i lost my check you know i, I you know you, I, I got yeah. i got cracked right and so um what happened was man i, I was i was getting to the point where i was I was jacking, I was hitting licks, and I was pimping, too. <laughs> so, yeah, I was pimping, you know what I'm saying? And, and that, that's a part of my, my history, my backstory, too. All of my um, my sphere of influences growing up were pimps and hustlers. Mm. My dad was a pimp. My, all my great uncles was pimps. All of my cousins that were, that were their kids were yeah. pimps and players and hustlers and gangsters. Mm. So I didn't, my, my sphere of influences wasn't positive in, in, in the sense of, like, go to college, you know, get a good job and, mm. and get married. Yeah. No, nah, it was like, look, nephew, this is what you're going to do. Yeah. You know, this is how you're going to get to it. Yeah. And, um, and even all the ladies in my family, like my mom, my aunties, my cousins, all, all the ladies, like, they come through that, through that life, too. Mm. So they they dated and, and and was with all the gangsters and the pimps as well. Mm, okay. So that was my sphere of influence. So I had all these different things going on, right? All these different aspects of how to survive, right? And um, by God's grace and His mercy, man, He had a different plan for my life. That's what it is. Mm. And so my girlfriend at the time, her mom saw the greatness in me, although she was able to still see the mischief right see past the mischief of this young man who was dating her daughter right now these were very prominent people um very influential pastors right mm. and business people right um my, my girlfriend's parents but they still saw in me what you know someone else couldn't and she told me one day she said you know dante i think you should get your real estate license it it help you like in your life because you have a great personality you're very you have a business mind and she said um i just see that for you and she was a prophet as well mm. and and for me I, i'm 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 one of those kind of people man like if you tell me something i'm gonna explore it so the next day and because i trusted her and i, I believed in her because they were successful i always believed in them right i did what she said i went and got my license now at the time i was like i said i was delivering furniture bro Mm-hmm. Right, and I went and got my license. So I'm about 20 now. So I went and got my license and everything, and um, and start selling real estate by by 21, you know. And by 24, bro, I had I had I had created a platform for myself financially. Right, my first check was 2,500 dollars on the closing. Never had made any money like that, and I saw a lot of potential to to just be in this business and be successful it allowed me to take care of my family and myself a lot more and um um 
one of the things that got me into development was that when I was selling new construction homes, I just saw all white people building and selling. Mm. And even in my office, I was the only black person. And the other black person there, he was one of them, like, whitewashed black dudes, right, that yeah. I just couldn't relate to, never really <laughs> fuck with the dude, right? Yeah. And um, and I, I just saw, like, this was the route that I should go. Being a hustler, too, right? Always want to get more, right? And take advantage of the opportunities that exist. I was like, I don't have to just sell. I could build. And then I could create this platform. And then I was watching my broker. My broker was really good friends with the with the um with the title company, um, um, like regional manager or the or the the like I, I don't know what um what Troy's position was, but he ran the title company. He didn't own the title company. It was mm. American National Title. But like he was their head guy, right? Uh-huh. And I saw how they was doing business and I was like, okay, when I meet a guy in title and we become friends. I know that I've made my mark in real estate. And then from there, I know that I've become successful because I have a friend that owns a title company. I didn't know he was going to be black. I just knew I needed a friend in title because I saw my broker had a friend with title and everything else worked. Right? Title brings everybody together because everything goes through title, right? Yeah. And I always tell Johnny, it's like one of our little funny <laughs> things. Yeah. Like, bro, I was successful because I have a friend in title. Yeah. And I always knew at like 25, like... I sh- when I find a friend in title and we buddies, like, I'm going to be successful. Yeah. And so uh, my success is not measured by that friendship, but that friendship can bring so much more new measurement to my career and my path because of people like Johnny that I know, you know? Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So you go from being a real estate agent your first bill, what was that like? Like, because once you start, because yeah. once you realize, okay, I not only could sell, I could build too. What was that 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 hurdle, or that you had to get over to? Like, you know, I don't know nothing about building right now, right? But now I want to start. What was that like? So what that was like was I had a client, right? So even though I was selling real estate, like residential, I got into the commercial side and the multifamily side as well. At like 23, bro, 24. So I'm still broke, but I'm making checks though, right? Mm -hmm. I ain't got hundreds of thousands of dollars. So that ingenuity and creativity, that how to survive in South Central mindset, right? Kicked in. So I had a client, he was a doctor. He was a physician at the prisons in Kern County. And he had a portfolio of investment properties. And and, um, how did I get Mr. Andrew to be a client? I don't remember, but... I ended up selling up like a property for him. And then I realized his portfolio had all these multifamily units. That was the first time I ever sold like 30 apartments at one time. And, you know, a fourplex times six at one time mm. that, that really put me over the top. And so while I'm selling all this multifamily, I'm like, yo, I need to get some of this. Yeah. So I exchanged in, in, in exchange for him a commission for a couple of buildings. And, and so when I did that, that's when I cut my teeth in rehabbing. So I acquired the properties without no money. He just transferred them to me because they equated to my commission, right? How did you even know to even, like, ask for that? Yeah. Just being a hustler, bro. Like, remember, I was still <laughs> macking, too. I'm pepper, so, you know, you got to act. You, you yeah. know, close mouth don't get fed, right? right. So, you know, and so I, I, I'm a negotiator. So when we negotiate, I'm, I'm knowing, like, my commission splits is 10%. Mm-hmm. So 10% on 400000 on a $400,000 deal is forty grand. And then we had two $3 million apartments and complexes and commercial buildings. So I think with Mr. Andrew, I made over 
I don't know, six or seven hundred thousand dollars in commissions, mm. right? Yeah. So I tra- I, I exchange some of that just for properties, mm. right? So I had the ability with my broker to do creative deals. I had a, I had a gangster broker too, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, um, so some of my deals was done off the table, mm. right? We just did certain things off the table, right? And um, and so I, I ended up with two fourplexes. And so that's how I cut my teeth in rehabbing. And then that's what taught me the introduction to just changing out paint, changing out sheetrock, changing out doors, changing out windows, paint, fixtures, all these things. And then from there, it just it just duplicated itself for another year. I did rehabs and flips. And then I ended up getting into a situation where one of the homies got jammed up. We had a little situation and, um, you know, it was like life or death. And I had to make a decision. And I was looking at my circumstances and I was like, do I make a pivot right now? And, you know, God speaks to you, right? He, he, he Like, there's times in your life, bro, when you're going to have um, the energy is going to move different. The frequency is going to move different. And you're going to have to know how to migrate. It's just like the great elephant migration in Africa. When the, when, when, the, when the desert rains come to the east, like, they migrate thousands of miles to the water. The elephants? Yeah, the elephants do. Mm. And, and it's an instinctive shift. So... Like right now, I'm going through. I'm, I'm going through this same season right now in my life. Literally, right now that I went through years ago. But it's 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 a constant one. It always happens in in, in my life, right? Where instinctively it's time for a shift. But certain circumstances pro- promote the shift because otherwise you're comfortable in your winning space, right? Right. Because you be winning, right? right. There's no need to change. <laughs> Not that you become complacent, but things are just going good. Right. There's no reason to shift. Right. But for me, I've identified that God in my life will create a circumstance that will take all the things to silence and to stop. And it's like, what's going on? Initially, in my immature stages of understanding this, right? And I, and I wouldn't understand, like, why shit just stopped out of nowhere and why things just start happening. It's because he's getting ready to pivot you to another level. Mm. And so he'll create circumstances that forces you to make forced moves. So he put me in a triple homicide situation that was a forced move. Because mm-hmm. if it was just something light, it wouldn't have been a forced move. So it instantly, bro, you already instinctively know what to do, though. And, and before it happens, all the things that you're supposed to do have already come to you. It's just now you're going to remember or it's going to click and it's like, I'm going to do this. Mm. So it's like the book, The Alchemist. All the things that you need in life to move forward are already within you. You have it all. How do you choose to be receptive to it and pull it out and identify it is up to you. Mm. So at the time, I had a homeboy, bro, that kept bringing me real estate books from Texas because he was the truck driver. Mm. Same dude that that packed all my shit up in Cali and moved it to Texas. <laughs> yeah. he, he, was, he was running 18-wheelers. And uh, he used to always be like, D, you need to go look at some real estate in Texas, bro, because they selling 5,000 square foot houses for $200,000. I didn't care about what he was talking about. I saw it, but it didn't make no sense to me. Like, I never thought I would live in Texas. Nigga, I'm from Cali, right? Right. <laughs> so when this happened, it was perfect timing. And, I, and, and it happened, and I was sitting around, and that book was on my counter. I said, you know what? No, I'm going to tell you what else happened. My mentor, his name was Dan Shanifelt, one of the smartest white men I ever met, you know. And he used to always tell me, I know you want to be a, a developer, Dante. You should go to Plano, Texas. So I Googled Plano, and Plano looked so, you know, boring at the time. This was back in 04, bro. 
Hey. At the same time, my mentor in the real estate business is telling me to go to Plano if I when I when I decide to become a developer. Mm-hmm. And my homeboy is driving these eighteen wheelers cross country and bringing me real estate books back. So God was already planting seeds of hope for my life already. Mm-hmm. He was already giving me the path, right? Mm-hmm. At the time too, Paul Walden had that song uh, "Tipping on Fofos" and all that. Remember yeah. that on, on, the, on yeah. the after hours? Yeah. So when I googled um, when I googled um, Plano. It was late at night, and I was probably watching BET Uncut, and then I saw this shit pop up. Like, boom, it was at H-Town. And it was like Houston, Paul Wall, Slim Thug, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was like, nah, fuck that, I'm going to Houston. Mm. And so I booked the flight, bro, the next day for seven days to Houston, bro, and I didn't know nobody. And that's just me, bro. I'm an extroverted introvert. I'm a popular, you know, nobody, you know what I mean? And um, and I, I just flew out there, bro, and, and, and for me, being a Mac, right? I knew I was going to land. I was going to go to my airport. I mean, I go to my hotel, check in. I'm going to the nearest mall. So I went to this mall called Willowbrook, bro. Pulled up at the Starbucks, got me a fresh little uh, frappuccino, and just sat right there and waited to knock me what I was going to knock, right? Yeah. And ended up <laughs> locking eyes with this chick, right? But she was, she was like with this dude. And he saw me looking at this girl, and he started laughing. And like... And like it was kind of one of those things. Like I see you looking at my girl. It's funny, like cool. And then he, and then he came over. He's like, "Man, you ain't from here though, huh?" And ended up being a cool dude. But see, listen, it was it was his purpose in my life to introduce me to the person that I'm still friends with today. Because when I was like, "No, nah, I'm not from here, man. I'm just sitting here having me a Starbucks, trying to crack me something so she could take me around the city for seven days, right?" <laughs> yeah, and he was like, "He's like, what you here for? I'm, like, I'm here to you know find some real estate. I'm a, I'm a developer out of California. So now my game was I'm a developer, right? Yeah, yeah. So I came with the game I'm a developer, right? Never developed nothing, but that's who I was stepping into. I'm a developer. I'm here in Houston to buy land and develop. Mm. So he said, "I'm gonna introduce you to my guy named Marcus Stalling." So Marcus Stallings, bro, was building the type of houses that I build now. And he took me to meet this dude, and he lived in one of his houses. He lived in a million-dollar house. He was an engineer for Dell. He did some of their software or whatever, uh-huh. the guy who I'm talking about who I met at Starbucks. He took me to this guy named Marcus Stallings. He was about a 50-year-old, you know, black man, very successful. He he was building, like, four houses at the time, seven dollars $800,000 houses in Houston. Mm. I was in awe. I felt like God had lined me up. And... Um, and when you know Houston niggas is slick, bro. You gotta watch them. <laughs> yeah, right. I know all about Houston. And so niggas. and so when I saw it, I was like, all right, like I'm here for seven days. I got you know I, I was capping right, like, like, and I did have the bread, but I was like, I'm a developer. I want to come here. But see, like at that time, bro, I was 25 years old, bro. Imagine a 25 year old kid talking to you, bro, about how much money he got, how he about to build houses, like I. You know, you couldn't tell me nothing. I thought I had it all figured out, right? Yeah. So the whole time, man, I'm sitting there talking to this dude. I know he like, man, this dude full of shit. This nigga don't know shit, right? <laughs> so I say, look, I'm going to buy one of your houses, and I'm going to move here in 30 days. And he said, oh, yeah? I said, yeah. I said, sell me one of your houses right now. I'll buy it. So he said, okay, I got one for sale. So he took me to it. Beautiful. I said, okay, let's open escrow. I'm going to pay you cash for it. I paid $385,000 cash for it. I called my homeboy who had the trucks and I said, come pick up all my shit. I'm moving to Houston. So this happened, bro. I moved. I was on the highway, bro, driving to Houston when Hurricane Katrina. Matter of fact, the day Hurricane Katrina hit, my shit was in the route on the trucks to, to Houston. And I was leaving that next day after it hit. Yeah. So while I'm on my way to Houston, bro, 
Hurricane Katrina just hit New Orleans and everybody's shifting to Houston. So, bro, imagine I pulled into Houston with the uh, with, with the refugees. Yeah. So Houston was cracking. Yeah. And I get there, right? And so at 25 years old, bro, like, make a long story short, bro, dude played me. He never taught me nothing. He, like, finessed me out of 85000 I still bought the house, but I, I paid for, like, some other stuff to happen to help me get into the game. Mm-hmm. And um, I never seen him again, never knew who he was. But then by that default, I ended up meeting my best friend, Jarvis. Mm-hmm. And one of my best friends, and me and him been rocking for the last 15 years. And, like, you know, through my journey, bro, I just – just cut my teeth and just went through the motions, mm. right? And I ultimately, I got I got to where I am by not giving up. And I still ended up building the houses. I ended up still becoming a land developer. And, and, and I'm still, you know, moving forward. But, you know, you, I'll say this, bro. Like, and then back to the book, The Alchemist. You have to, when, when God gives you the vision and tell you to cross the desert, you got to be willing to cross the desert. And along the crossing of the desert, you're going to run into desert dwellers, Thieves, alchemists, mm. and other things along the way. Women mm. and everything. I've had I've had three children since that process by different women in different parts of the desert. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But I'm still on the mission. Yeah. Still to build the pyramids. I'm still getting I'm still on my way to the Great Pyramids to I'm on my way to the piece of land where I'm gonna build the Great Pyramids. Yeah. And that's how we get to Nessa. Mm. Yeah, explain Nessa, man, because I seen it on your um on, on your on your Instagram page, and I was like, "Yo, this is dope." What what what? Can you explain exactly what Nestor is? So Nestor, first of all, what Nestor is 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 Nestor is the the word for the acronym, the National Economic Self Invested Reparations. Mm. So, since this is Black History Month, let's talk about Black History. Yeah, we've been oppressed, we've been disenfranchised. We've been economically disproportionate to financial gain, growth, and opportunities in real estate and business. And also, we have been um, shunned out of our 40 acres and our mule, right? And you have groups of people who are rallying for reparations from the United States government. For me, I am not the type of guy who looks to the government for any type of assistance, because you're asking for help from your oppressor. No matter how you cut the pie, it's the oppressor's pie. No matter what portion they give you, it's contaminated. Mm. And unless you bake your own pie and produce your own pies, you're not going to get the pie that you really want. Right. Right? Right. Okay. So, reparations don't need to come from the government. Fuck what they did to us. Like, we passed that shit. We got space and opportunity now to become who we want to become. And if you're still dwelling on that, you just you just a part of that group. No disrespect to you. Cool. But the people who think like me, we bootstrappers. We get it how we get it, and we create our own resources. Mm. And if you're going to wait for somebody to give you a handout, then that's fine. Yeah. But we not. We're going to create our own handouts. And that's what the reparations that are self-invested look like. So how do you go about, how do you go about doing it? Or what, what is the so, plan to go about so, doing it? So how you go about doing it is, first of all, you have what, what we call crowdfunding platforms or whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. But crowdfunding platforms is still regulated and governed by the SEC, right? The IRS and the same government that you're oppressed by, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, my platform isn't regulated and it isn't governed by the United States government. It is a, a straight contribution 
and distribution between me and my people who choose and elect to become members. Mm. If you give me money, that's your decision. Yeah. How I choose to give you a distribution or a return back on it is my ethics. Mm. Right? Yeah. So for me, I plan to create and build city infrastructures of residential housing, commercial shopping centers and retail spaces and office buildings, schools and, and other complex parks and so forth, right, for our urban black community of people who choose to align with us at $400 a, a member entry, entry, um, entry fee, right, mm-hmm. to become a member, right? And then in, co- in collusion with that, we'll have a private equity side for those who want to make greater returns, right? Because the $400 contribution isn't a get-rich scheme. It's not about how much money I'm going to get back. It's about here's a black man with a vision who's been on a path who God gave a vision to, and he's engaging in it and, and crossing all the hurdles and everything to make it happen. He's doing it for us. Although, yes, I want to be successful and make a certain amount of money, bro, this is a kingdom project. This is something that when we build it, right, all the profit proceeds that come from it after the after the gross expenses after our net operating costs are, are, are paid out, the 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 rate of return on our investment is redistributed equally to the members. Back to the members. Yeah, period. Mm. And for me, I'm completely fine with that because it has given me an opportunity to create a job for myself that I enjoy doing, which is building cities mm. or building developments, right? Without having to use oppressor funds from a bank or from a hedge fund, that is not going to benefit my community. Right. Now, if I go to a hedge fund, I ask for a $2 billion um, loan assumption for a development like this, right? They'll give it to me if I can pencil it, right? And it makes financial sense and I have equitable contribution to it, right? Mm-hmm. And Guess what's going to happen? Like, all the profit is going to go back to my oppressive counterparts' pockets and to their families and their their lives, right? Right. That same amount of money can be allocated from my own people. Now, this is another thing. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this very clear. I'm going to look in the window. I'm not rallying for nobody's support. I'm going to do it, launch it, and the right people with the right energy, bro, with the right synergy are going to align. Mm. So this is not a this is not a solicitation to get all the black people to work. Yeah, yeah. It's not. This it's like you know when 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 Moses freed the Hebrew slaves, right? Okay. It's like there was people who didn't choose to go with this man, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And the people that chose to go was a part of the splitting of the Red Sea, allegedly, right? Yeah. Okay. That was a phenomenal act, an event that happened in the course of our history. And what it is that I'm getting ready to do, bro, is the equivalent to splitting the Red Sea because I'm about to do something completely unconventional that's not going to make a lot of economic or financial sense to financial analysts and all these other motherfuckers that be talking all this old bullshit, right? Yeah. And it's not going to make sense to these old government patronizing-ass niggas who be trying to do these old government-ass requests for proposal projects and billion-dollar projects. It ain't going to make sense to them, bro, because nothing makes sense to anyone that you get unconventionally from God. It never will make sense because it doesn't. Mm. Is it's that not supposed to make sense? I wonder is that is that um the what you're doing is it similar to what's the other dude named Jay Morrison? Yeah, yeah, yeah. completely not similar at all by no uh, by no means. Okay, because Jay and no disrespect to Jay, but with all due respect to Jay, Jay didn't have his shit together. 
he had it. He had a great idea. Let me tell you something. First of all, I'm gonna address it the way that I saw it. I'm gonna tell you straight up. And for anybody who's listening, who knows both projects, mine hasn't come yet. But let me tell you something. In every in every war situation, in every battle situation, a general will send in the first battalion to go clear the landmines. God does the same things, mm. right? Before he sends his greatest angels out, he's going to send some other angels to clear some landmines. Then he's going to send the real troops to go in and handle the real business and fight the real battle that need to be fought with the real spiritual warfare. Mm. Jake, Jake, watch this. Jay cleared a lot of landmines like he was supposed to. I got on a live with Jay, bro, and I tried to tell him, bro, I'm a prophet. And I've already been revealed information. I'm trying to tell you. I got the proof to show. I got the picture. I screenshotted it because I knew that one day I'm going to be able to tell this nigga, like, bro, I tried to warn you that you are about to clear landmines and you have been assigned in a frequency, right? But you you a fall guy, bro. Mm. And don't be the complete fall guy. Pay attention to being the fall guy, but don't just be the fall guy. Jay is the fall guy now. Mm. But it's by his design, though, right? So... And and, and, and and I'm glad I'm saying this right now. This shit is real liberating to be able to say this on the platform. Yeah. He's a great guy, great, great, great mindset, great frequency, but the wrong intentions. Let me tell you why. His 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 purpose wasn't necessarily to really to save our people, bro. It was just to glorify himself as who he thought he was. Mm. And so the resources that he thought he had, he really didn't have because it didn't work. And he put all these strategic pieces together that still didn't work. But God still let him get through so he could clear the landmines and clear the field. So, therefore, when the righteous stand up and the righteous come forth, people can see the difference in the approach. Mm. Now, this is the approach. I just told you that all the the rate of return of all prophets that are the prophet, 100% of it is going back to the people. Mm. Well, the difference with Jay is Jay is not a land developer. He hires developers. He hires contractors. I am the contractor. I am the architect. So right there, I've already showed you cost savings and incentivizing right there. Mm-hmm. Not only that, I've created myself a job in the project because I'm the project contractor. Yeah. So I don't have to pay somebody to do my job. Yeah. Yeah. He's paying somebody to do his job. Mm. Then not only that, he has to pay himself to do a job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll do the shit for free. Because I, it's my passion. I will go do it for free, bro. I don't care about making money. God's already blessed me. And that's why I bring the private equity side to it. That's where we make money. We don't make money with the people who we got to give food to from the, from the loaf of bread and the one fish. Right. God yeah. gave me an understanding that I could break bread with this one fish and this one piece of bread. But he showed me how to fish and how to bake. Mm. So I don't need to take... A piece of your bread and your fish. I can go fish and bring some more fish, right? Yeah. He told Peter to Peter Simon to cast his nets. Peter said, okay, because I believe in you, I will. And then it was an overflow. So because I believe, bro, we will have this overflow. And to finish wrapping this shit up, listen, he can't build without hiring somebody because he's not the architect, he's not the builder. He got to hire all these people. Then he has this whole big platform right mm-hmm. and and it's not a knock to bro it's just the difference in the structuring right yeah and then when the profits come in you only given a portion of it you give i think 40 percent, right yeah and then you're taking 60 like percent, 50 yeah. for your company 10 percent, probably for prof, like taxes or whatever i don't know where they allocated that cost to and then he's distributing 40 percent. so over the last three years congratulations to him for successfully being the first black tier two 
A, whatever, you know, whatever the fuck, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, and no disrespect, but whatever, you know what I'm saying? Congratulations to that. But the failure is in three years, you only gave these motherfucking people a dollar sixty-seven. I don't care if you compare that to all these other, you know, distributions and, and, and um, shareholders that get, you know, their dividends. No, bro. You don't take $10 million, $15 million from our people, bro. And then only give them a fucking dollar sixty-seven as a dividend three years later because you chose to launch outside of the or the alignment that you were supposed to be in, right? And you and you chose to come in doing a coronavirus and what I'm gonna call the um, the um, 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 what they what was that what they did to us? They put us in um. Quarantine, uh, quarantine, yeah. right? Yeah. You came in under the quarantine, bro. You came under the 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 fire. You came under the judgment, right? You came doing judgment. See, if you break down quarantine, I don't know if everybody ever did this. Did you ever? Have you ever broke down what quarantine means? No. So quarantine, if you break down words, bro, you'll learn a lot about what it means. Corn, there is no diction for the word corn. Q U A R N. Or Q-U-A-R-A-N, corn, right? Mm-hmm. There is no diction for it. You can't find corn in the in the in the in the um, dictionary. But you can find Quran, which is Christ-like follower. Um. Okay? And then when you get to teen or time, T-I-N-E, right? In English dictionary, that's a sharp fork, pitchfork, or prong. Okay? Okay. Okay. And in, in Irish diction. Right? It's fire. So when I say prong, pitch, fork, and fire, who you think of? Devil. Okay. When I say Quran, who do you think of? Muslim. Most high God. Okay. Allah, most high God. Not necessarily Muslim, but let's say Muslim, right? But we're talking about Allah, the most high God. Okay. But the most high God is still a Christ follower, right? Mm-hmm. So even though we got Jesus and we, we got Christianity and we got Muslim, they're both Christ-like followers. What is What is Christ? Christ is not necessarily just Jesus. Christ is consciousness. Being Christ-like is consciousness. Okay. See, Jesus Christ, right, by Greek mythology, European mythology, whatever, when you get back to ancient Egyptian mythology, right, Christ, Christos, is consciousness, bro. It has nothing to do with you. Jesus himself, as the conscious man that he was, is the equivalent to this man right here. Mm. See, Jesus from Nazareth to Bethlehem, which was the ghetto of Jerusalem. Mr. Nipsey Hussle was from Crenshaw and Slauson, which was the ghetto of South Central. Yeah. Both impacted a large population of people, both at their death and persecution and assassination and crucifixion. People from far and wide gathered and came to the holy ground. Crenshaw and Slauson is your modern day Jerusalem, homie. Damn. Of Christ consciousness. Nip had Christ consciousness. Hold that thought. Yo, this episode is brought to you by Blue Chew. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable and FDA-approved ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, okay? Make sure y'all go and get you a Blue Chew. Try it free on us. It's made in this USA, prescribed by licensed physicians, okay? And it comes in a little discreet little box so nobody even know that you're even getting it. And it comes right to your door so you don't have to wait in line, buy it at the store. Go to bluechew.com, B-L-U-E-Chew.com, and use the promo code TAPIN 
and you get it free on us. All you got to do is pay $5 for the shipping, and it comes right to your doorstep, okay? That's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Now back to the show. Yeah, he didn't have to res- act like Jesus or say I'm Jesus. He was himself, just like Jesus was. You got to remember, nobody knew who Jesus was until he became 33 years old. A lot of people didn't know who Nick was until he became dead at 33 mm-hmm. years old. They both came up under the same circumstances without a father. Even Nip had a father. Jesus had one too. But they grew up with their mama in the ghetto, Nazareth, Bethlehem, Crenshaw, Slauson, to be prophetic in their word, to raise the consciousness of a people to a Christ-like mindset. And then they were both persecuted at 33. Boom. When I saw that, bro, I knew we was coming into the time of judgment. Hence comes Corona. Corona. It wasn't about Corona. It wasn't about quarantine, bro. In the book of judgment, it said in 2000 years, right? Right. That the, the spiritual dwellers of hell will be able to rise again. Right. Which means we will go into a new world. Okay. A new world means a new energy, which is the reason why we're in the moon of Aquarius. Why all the vibrational energies, the, the new, the great conjunction, the two planets aligning, all of these things are constellational things that happen that the Mayans and the Egyptians always talked about. It's timing. So we just are in the timing, but because we live with everything in front of us, bro, we don't see constellationally what's happening. That's just repeating this cycle. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then, so with all these things going on and me being conscious in my in my development, bro, I realized that this young man was in the same vibrational energy. It's just like my phone and your phone, if I call it, is in the same vibrational energy. It's like the frequency that's on the same pathway, right? Yeah. He, he's tapped into what I'm tapped into. The difference is, is that my network is just different. Mm-hmm. See, I got Sprint. You may have Metro PCS. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a deregulated lower grade. So you're not gonna get the benefits. You're not gonna get all the access that I get on my phone. So I'm gonna have more access to more information. You're gonna be limited. So because I got more access, I was able to see what was happening. Mm. Now certain things have to come in place for other things to come. So without this young man doing that, then now right we won't have a catalyst to say okay at least we know we can do it. Let's just put the right person in place with the right plan. Now let's go. Now you could bust the waters open. See, watch this. What if there's a guy who came before Moses and said, okay, I'm going to take y'all motherfuckers out of here because fuck this shit. Right? We're going to be the first to do it. And then you get them out the gates and everybody running. Ah, everybody happy, right? And you get to that motherfucking water and boom. Mm. You didn't have the power to get through the water, though. Yeah. And now you asking for help, you know. You get into it with guys on the internet. Everybody didn't expose you and show who you really was and what your real true intentions are. Like I say, no disrespect, but these are the facts, bro. These are the spiritual warfare facts, right? Mm-hmm. So now there's going to be an alignment of some new people that have Christ-like consciousness that come through like Moses, right? And it can be multiple of us. It's multiple Moseses, right? Harriet Tubman was a Moses, right? Mm-hmm. Okay? So it could be a woman and a man together or multiple, right? Yeah. And then when we get... Out the gates, meaning when we get out of this state of oppression, right, which we you're seeing right now, the same oppressor is fighting itself. Mm-hmm. That's why they just did what they did in Capitol Hill, yeah. all that. Their system is breaking down. Their mathematics don't work no more, bro. So now they're like raccoons. And I say they, and this is not radical or racial. I say they as an energetic being, right? Like, you know, you ever heard a thing called a good Samaritan? Yeah. That is an actual race of people. You ever heard of a Martian? 
Yeah. That's a race of people, bro. Okay? We <laughs> do. It's a race of people? Yes. Yeah, Samaritans is a race of people. Okay. And Martians is a race of, of being people, right? Uh-huh. And you have um, other race races of energies and people, right? Okay. So when 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 you see certain acts of these certain beings acting a certain way that you've never seen act like this before, have you ever seen a raccoon with rabies? No. They come out in the daytime and do the most random shit. Really? Raccoons never come out in the daytime. You've never seen the clan rally in the daytime, have you? No. They're a sick population right now, homie. And they're sick because now everything that gave them power, remember we was like 400 years of cursed? Mm-hmm. You're not cursed anymore, technically, right? You're not in bondage because those mathematics that they stole from us, those principles, those writings, you know, um, when you spell, right? When you write on paper, you spell, right? You, you're spelling, right? Yeah. But people don't understand breaking words down. What spell? How you spell spelling? S-P-E-L-L. Suff- prefix, I-N-G. suffix is I-N-G, right? Mm-hmm. I'm writing a spell, and then I'm spelling, right? So when they wrote their text, Bible, proclamations and declarations and all of these writings that were spelling, right? And they were using things like Masonic orders and other things like, you know, other, other, other things that mean something to us that they were u- leveraging the power of. And it's all consciousness, bro. Like, we've been calcified and dumbed down. So energetically, bro, like, if you don't get no, if like, if you don't have no frequency, you don't have no towers, right? You can't beam your information. So the more of us that can come together collectively and raise our consciousness, then we can start to create force fields and energies that make shit thrive again for our black people. But we've been dumbed down, calcified, right? Pineal glands not open, not wide. And so our towers, our own internal towers are down. Mm-hmm. We can't even communicate with each other. It's just a bunch of frequencies that is not in That's alignment. Off. Yeah, That's yeah. off, right? Yeah. We didn't build Egypt like that. We didn't build our great civilizations like that. So now we're in the era of rebuilding great civilizations again. And in order to do that, bro, like the Patriots had to go to war, right? Some of our black people going to fall at the hand of their own sword because mm-hmm. they're going to cast shit that ain't going to really truly help our people. It's supposed to help themselves, right? I seen a man who said he had, you know, all of this, you know, going on, but I didn't see no Rolexes. I didn't see no houses. I didn't see nothing. And then all of a sudden you launched this platform for blacks and now all of a sudden you got Rolexes and houses and shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, how the fuck, right? Yeah. So... <laughs> You basically led people into a death trap. Mm. But these people are still going to be liberated because a lot of them didn't, didn't succumb. They were still saved, right? And so, man, it's going to be a group of people who are going to come through, bro. And I know that was a lot to talk about Nessa, but, bro, that's what Nessa is about. See, Nessa is not just about construction and money. Nessa is about how we're going to get ourselves to building a great civilization for our people again. And I just happen to be the architect and engineer with the idea to do it. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and it's right time. And imagine, bro, like we would have launched this 2020 when the vision of 2020 was supposed to launch. We would have we would have launched on bad on we would have planted seeds in a bad time or the bad moon, mm. right? And I, I didn't know that. But when you have a hedge of protection and you in the right divine order, bro, everything is gonna align for your life the way it's supposed to. And so NASA is still alive and well, healthy, breathing, you know, in its own little nucleus. Mm. And it's and 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 it's still in a perfect situation right now. And we not we not ancient. We not um we not in no urgency to do nothing, bro. Everything is in divine, divine timing. Time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got to be at peace with yourself and understand that everything that's in alignment is gonna come. Now I will say this: 
over the past few months, bro, like my energy with what I've been doing that you've seen DK International doing has been a little off. But I know God is shifting and pivoting right now. So you have to be still. You know when they say peace, be still. Mm-hmm. And then you start to see what's been right there the whole time. And then you start to move. Almost like going back to that story where I told you back when I first came from California here. So there's, you know, man, it's a, it's a, it's a lot to it. And you, and you really got to be focused you got to have clarity. You can't be blinded. You know, like, you know, like I'm drinking water. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to continue to calcify anything like that. You know what I mean? We In this in this time right now, for our people, bro, for everything that's happening, bro, this is a whole new world. Like, even this, even though we got Biden coming in as the president and, Ob- and uh, Obama and Michelle Autumn is right there, bro, bro, this world that you're about to see moving forward is never going to be the same. And I can prove it to you. Just watch the latest um, automotive commercials. And watch the latest, um, um, like, soda brand commercials. Okay. Every one of them are showing you intercontinental, interstellar concepts. They're already, like, if you watch a car commercial, right, they're showing you the car, but they're showing you um, interstellar space travel. Have you Mm. you noticed that yet? No, I ain't paying attention to it, honestly. That's because... (laughs) That's because basically, bro, they going back to Mars, where the Martians came from. Mm. And if you do your history, you understand that the Martians depleted all their resources, bro, just like the Europeans did when they came and found America. These colonizers, these Vikings, they deplete their resources, burn it down, tear it down till there's nothing left. Right? And so now, like, you get, you take, for instance, Elon Musk, right? Why this dude able to do all this damn shit so rapidly, right? That's an advanced race of knowledge, bro. Like, he, like, the, like, so basically, bro, like, we're not going to get into all this. But anyway, there is a race of people on Mars, literally. And they depleted their resources, had war on their planet, just like you see in here. And they had to go somewhere else. They came here. They came through, came here, right? Messed with all the other races here including the good Samaritans, right? Mm -hmm. And a Samaritan, like, you know how we're good, pure people? Like, we really don't have a lot of hatred in us, bro. No matter how much you fuck with us, bro, we're not going to really be too mad, right? Imagine a grown 50-year-old man meeting a 14-year-old girl. The Samaritan people was like a 14-year-old girl, and the Martians was like a 50-year-old fucking antagonist, pedophile kind of man. You know what I mean? Yeah. And... Through all the other stories and all the other shit that, that you could go read about later, more or less... Now they're able to go back to where they come from. So a lot of things that are accelerating them back, that's the reason why you're going to say a lot of space travel now, because they get to go back. They couldn't go back. Like, the portals wasn't open. So all these great conjunctions, all these planets coming into orbit allows things to move from a gravitational force field, like like the 10th planet, the 11th planet, planet Iberu, all these different things, like the reptilian races, all of this. Bro, that shit is not just out there just to be out there. Yeah. It's real shit, real facts. Now, how did you, how did you, because I'm, I, here's what I'm thinking when, while you're talking, I'm like, where does he get this information we from? We good on time, like, first of all? Huh? We good on time? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. What, what? Where do I get this information? Yeah, man. Like, cause you got an iPhone. Yeah. Okay. Let me prove something to you. Okay. Okay. When you get an update to your phone, where do you get it from? From Apple. Okay. And where does it? Okay. Apple gives it to you. How do you get it to your device? Do you got to plug it in somewhere? You got to plug it into a wall? Nah. It's uh. Um... It's automatically beamed to your phone, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, 
our most high God beams us information just like Apple beam you information. Apple could be your God, our God could be your God. Apple could be your source of information, our God could be your source of information. I have more information coming from God than Google could ever give me. I reference Google. I, I have an Apple phone, but everything I'm telling you, bro, didn't come from books. It didn't come from Google. It didn't come from Apple. It came from God. And then I compounded that with just my own, you know, like forward thinking and moving forward. Like after I read The Alchemist, bro, I booked the flight and went to Egypt to see Egypt for myself. Mm. I got to read Alchemist. What other books you read? What other books are you reading? Uh, so... The, the, the latest book that I'm reading right now is um, architectural books because I'm looking to, um, like, I, I use a lot of books for references, but, like, you know, like, like, like books for knowledge and, and, and pro- purpose of life. Like, I like a lot of um, Napoleon Hill books. Yeah, Napoleon Hill dope. Yeah, um, I, I read... Um, I read some other authors, but, like, really, to be honest with you, bro, I can't really tell you all the names of the books because I'm more of a reference reader. Like, I don't put it up and try to remember who the who the author was or what the name of the book. Well, I ain't worried about that, right? Somebody might drop me a book. I'm going to flip to the page, and, and what I need to read is art. It's like... Yeah. It's hard to explain. No, I, I'm, I'm similar. Like, I'm reading, like, six books right now, but it ain't... They like in sections, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, and, and it's like you. I don't have to retain. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't, I don't. I'm not. I'm not like a scholar like that. Like, I don't remember this Arthur in the name of this book. But like, there's certain books that I will remember because I know how it pivoted me. The two most important, the three most important books is Napoleon Hill, Outwitting the Devil. You know what's so crazy? My home, the home, my home that um that I had on the show. He, he, it's on YouTube. It's for free. You can listen to yeah, it. You can listen to the audio book, but I actually had a book and the audio book. It's dope. It's better to listen to the audio book because you can hear the conversation. It's dope. It's a dope book because that's the biggest thing that you deal with every day is outwitting your, your dark forces, right? Yeah. Boom. When you stack that with reading The Alchemist and understanding your journey, right? Don't be outwitted on your journey and drift and get distracted. Yeah. Hence, walking through the desert, right? Yeah. And then stack that with other books like Think and Grow Rich. You know, um, other other self development books that you may come across or whatever, yeah. and whatever uh, what other other resources about your specific um, 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 industry or trade or philosophy or mindset that you're in, just like just tap into just different aspects of it. I really can't tell you, but I have no no structure to how I do what I do. I just do it. Yeah. Like, I've never built a skyscraper, homie, but I'll tell you, I'm about to build skyscrapers. <laughs> never yeah. built one, right? Yeah. I don't have to build one to, to know that I could build one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you understand yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So what I do, right, I don't, I'm not going to go work for a company, and I'm not going to go read a whole bunch of books on skyscrapers. I'm just going to position myself next to the buildings that I want to build and look at them and understand how how it works. And so what I do is I just go where skyscrapers are being built and I just I just watch what they do for months. So you going to New York? No, I don't have to even go that far because like I don't like New York. I they building skyscrapers all through Texas and California right now. You know, places really? that I travel to, yeah. Oh shit! And when when I say what's sky, a skyscraper? And, and, yeah, exactly. And when I say skyscraper, let's understand. Like a skyscraper is what we call a, um, a tier one commercial building, right? And that's forty. That's forty stories and uh, and above. Okay. okay. And 
Um, and then it, it also refers to like the pilings, like the type of foundation and the piers and so forth, the structure and the structure, right? Mm-hmm. But I just say skyscraper because anything that is is towering, right, is a skyscraper to me, right? I'm, it doesn't have to mean like it's like an Empire State Building it or mm-hmm. like buildings in Dubai that reach so many kilometers and so many feet in the air. Nah, bro, like for us, bro. Me and you, where we come from, bro, if we build a commercial building that's 10 stories, nigga, that's a skyscraper. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. feel me? Yeah, for real. So my first structure that I'm going to build is probably going to be somewhere around 40 to 45 stories. Mm. That's a skyscraper to me, homie. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah, yeah. I don't give a fuck if the motherfucker was four stories. Well, that's a skyscraper. <laughs> <laughs> nigga, we touching the sky. And, 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 and through the laws of real estate, when you acquire a piece of land and you hold the air rights to that space... You, you in the up. sky. Yeah, yeah. And you can go up, yeah. So whether it's 10 stories, 50 stories, 100 stories, it don't matter, bro. Like, we ain't, I don't know nobody where I come from ever built nothing that tall. Straight it's up. It's a skyscraper to Straight me. Straight up. Because yeah, I can yeah. get up there and touch the sky. Yeah, you feel yeah, me? yeah. But, yeah, there's there's legal and and and, and um, ordinance, you know, principles to what classifies it as a skyscraper and who's built the tallest buildings and so forth. But, man, listen, these guys been building their families and their resources have been building for a century, bro. Like, I was on Clubhouse the other day. I met a guy on there named David. Um, I can't remember his name. But but he's a developer out of New York. He's built over two, three million, over two or three million square foot of, of commercial properties. But his family has been building for a century, homie. Mm. That's over 100 years. Yeah. Nigga, do you know if my family been building over 100 years, bro, I probably wouldn't be sitting here talking to you because <laughs> I wouldn't have nothing to talk about. All right. I'd probably be rich as fuck somewhere yeah. just doing projects and probably, you know, no disrespect, but somewhere laying on the, on the beach getting my balls played with and just yeah. living life. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, no, that's not where I'm at. I'm still in the desert with it, and, 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 and we still got temples to build. And, and 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 I guess a century from now, one of my heirs could talk about what we did. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And let me let me put this. Let me hit you with this one right here. This one's dope. I always like hitting people with this one. Before the pharaohs ever knew that they was gonna build pyramidal buildings, right? They built they built like mud houses, right? They built just regular mud houses. Uh-huh. They didn't even know like to build pyramidal shapes, right? Uh-huh. Dozier, which is the engineer, architect, and scholar and mathematician, right? He built the first pyramid. But it wasn't a pyramid. It ended up becoming rounded because it collapsed, which is what they call it a round pyramid, right? Mm. Then he perfected the, the – well, no, I take that back. They did the stair pyramid, the round pyramid. Then they perfected the actual, you know, perpendicular pyramid with, with actually four sides and not three, right? But if you pay attention and you look, the Mayans, the Chinese, um, excuse me, and um, the uh, Aborigines – they all had um, stair step type structures, mm-hmm. pyramids, right? Mm-hmm. That's where the last technology reached them. The the newest technology was the last ones that were built in Egypt and, and on, on the plateau of Giza. And after that, they stopped building pyramids and they went underground to the to the Valley of Kings. They didn't even build pyramids anymore, mm. right? So that was just a season. There was an era, but that was that was the most pivotal time because of how the alignment worked. And after that, that alignment went away. And if you and watch this, check this out, bro. If you go and you look at the, um, if you go and you look at the hieroglyphics in these buildings, you will see water signs. You know what a water sign looks like? Uh-huh. Like on your, so you you know like emojis are hieroglyphics, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so if you type in Aquarius, it'll show you the Aquarius water sign, right? Yeah. So in the pyramids, bro, they built that in the Aquarian moon. 
And then after that moon, bro, that is when we went into the Payan age. And we and we came we just came out of the Payan age. The Payan age is the Pisces age, right? And that's the fish representation. Right? I wish I wish uh, Nate was here, man. Yeah, Nate is an astrologist. He know all about. Okay, this it's cool. Check, <laughs> yeah, yeah. check it out. But but to my point, that frequency is the frequency that I'm on. Mm. That built those structures, and now it's time to rebuild those same structures. They just not gonna mm. look like that. But the principle is of the Aquarian moon, mm. right? Everything else is the in between time. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? When it's your birthday, bro, it's a different kind of celebration. Yeah. Right? This is the celebration now of that. Damn, man. I like I like this kind of shit. <laughs> I, I do, because I feel like it's is is it's it's operating on a higher frequency than what I'm used to. You know what I mean? Okay. So that's why that's why I like this kind of conversation and what is what what is resonating with you about it? Because I'm more I feel like a lot of times I move off just spirit, you know okay. what I'm saying? Just mm-hmm. that that inner feeling and that inner spirit, and I know I don't necessarily follow the like the Bible and the you know what I mean I don't necessarily do that, but it's certain principles in there that I you know like okay yes I follow those principles absolutely, but I feel like there is an outside power and there is an outside entity that is working all the time day and night, you know what I mean? But I just feel like there's, there's like this divine power that I know that's working. And every time that I do something or I want to do something or I want to move or I'd be like, you know what? And that I, I kind of feel like throughout my life it's been working on me because it's always where times where it's like, OK, Dante, you got to do this or all right, Dante, just go, just go, just leave. And it's always every time that I'm not there, something just happens and it's just like. I can't explain it. I don't know. Um, and I just feel like either I'm being covered, you know what I'm saying, by a higher entity or ancestors. I don't know what it is, but I feel like a lot of my movements and the things that I do are being guided. Yeah. And it's true. You are being protected. And so as long as your your energy is pure, right, and you're, and you're moving as best as you can to your knowledge, right, mm-hmm. then, yes, you have but we will refer to as guardian angels that will give you discernment. And so like sometimes we may be late to an appointment by 15 minutes, but that 15 minutes could have saved you from something or it could have prepared you to meet someone. Mm. You can be like, let's say our, 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 our interview right now goes over by 10 minutes. And as I'm walking out, I get on the elevator and I meet someone that I was supposed to meet, but I wouldn't have met that person if I wouldn't exceeded that 10 minutes. Mm. Or let's say I was supposed to show up at one o'clock to a party, but I didn't get there and I didn't even make it. And that night the party got shot up. Or let's say that I never even thought I was supposed to have this interview. And when you air this interview, it's going to bring me three board of directors for Nestor. Mm. Because what's going to convey out in the frequency that's going to go out to this camera is going to resonate with the people who are supposed to be in the desert with me. Yeah. Yeah. So your alignment is your alignment. There's nothing you can do about it. But your discernment is everything. So you have to have all of it working. And that's the reason why you have to be clear within self most of the time. 
Because if you're not clear within self, you won't be receptive to what you need to hear. You won't be perceptive to what you need to see. And you won't be accepting to what you need to receive. Yeah. I want to do this. Um, I know I seen on your Instagram page you were... You you said you are a master manifester. Man, manifester. Mm-hmm. I want you to because what I want what I want to do is I want you to explain like how other people can manifest things in their life and how that how that looks and how that works. Because I've been, I think it was like when I was in college, me and my homeboy had a conversation about manifesting things, and it was like once we say this is what I want to do, and there's not any inkling of doubt that shit come right like exactly way we said it exactly way we wanted that was the key what you just said without a, a what without a what inkling of doubt right what is doubt when you not sure or you don't think something is gonna happen you be like man wait, what if this happened what right. if you start doubting and yourself when, and when you act in that space what are you lacking um I guess confidence or faith faith okay faith is the belief in things not yet seen Okay, and and the believing of things to, that are yet to come, and when and when and in the Bible, right? We use the Bible. In the Bible, it says, "When a man becomes one with his house, all things are made good." And what that means is, your house is your temple, your house is your body. Okay, and when the three coming together, right, the mind, the body, and the spirit. Okay, there's nothing that can stop that. There's nothing that can get in the way of that. The mind consciously, subconsciously, superconsciously gives you all of the information from the download. Boom. Mm. Okay? Okay. So we're going to use Nessa, for instance. Okay? So I didn't create Nessa. Remember, I grew up where I grew up. I got into real estate by default. I moved to Houston and called myself a developer until I manifested becoming one. Mm. Now I'm a developer, right? Uh-huh. Okay. Nobody in my family was a developer. Nobody in my family taught me real estate. I didn't go to school for construction. Nobody really mentored me through it, but I am a developer now. Okay? Yeah. All right. I manifested that. Mm-hmm. Now, through all of this due process, now I'm about to build little micro cities, right? What we call city centers, right? Like Shops of Legacy, okay? The Staples Center. Mm-hmm. And in Houston or somebody, you know, um, City Center West, or any little small community place where you can go eat, dine, have an office, have a mall, and it's like a nice little place. You know, these are these little yeah. micro cities, right? Yeah. Okay. Now I'm moving from from that. To, I'm moving from little houses to big houses to million dollar houses to that, right? And the idea came because it resonated through my superconscious. My subconscious dwelled on it, and my conscious mind gave it gave it light, okay? Okay, then my body wholeheartedly agreed with it, and my heart felt passion and compassion for it. So through that, I'm faithful that it will happen. And because of that, I can sit here right here and tell you, bro, I don't have none of the money yet for it. I don't have all of the people yet for it, right? But, but we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. We're putting it out into the ether, right? The mm-hmm. ether is the, the, the super space, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And because of that, bro, I, I have given you a vision. You want me to tell you what it looked like? Yeah. So, like, okay. So, first, the center point is the 40-story skyscraper. In that building, bro, all of your top-tier black corporate executive companies, let's say Coca-Cola, Google, 
IBM, um, 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 Goldwyn Meyer Movie Studios, okay, uh, Firestone Tires, right, um, and and I'm gonna even use like um, I'm gonna use like like um, um, Continental um, Airlines or whatever airline, right? Okay. Now I said all them white companies, but all these are gonna be black businesses. In this first skyscraper built by black people for black people, and all of the black corporations are that are gonna be in alignment are gonna lease these 10,000, 15,000 square foot floors full capacity. Okay? Mm-hmm. Then to the side of these buildings, you're gonna have retail space, right? Like where you would go and buy, like let's say you got Champs, Victoria's Secrets, right? Um, the candle store. The, 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 the clothing stores, all the little retail around it, right? Boom. Yeah. Then on the back side of that, you got some housing, multifamily. Apartments over here, townhome sections over here, some other apartments over here, a high-rise apartment building like um, like Cirque and, you know, 21 and all, you know, right? Boom. And then and you see I'm pushing everything to the back, right? Uh-huh. Because right here you have a green area. It's full of grass and water and waterfalls and shit like that. So you can go out and kind of, you know, like Saturdays, we may have you know in the in the form area and where we have like the Palladium, right? Outdoor concerts and stuff like that, right? Uh-huh. And and to the far right over here, there'll be a, a new neighborhood going up, of uh, entry level homes, three hundred and fifty all the way to like six hundred thousand dollar homes, right? Then somewhere back over here, bro, you have a million dollar gated estate with homes that start at three million dollars, okay? And then somewhere on the backside behind me over here, we'll have some other you know, we probably have our first black, you know, middle school that goes up to high school and the elementary and then a, a couple of medical facility buildings and so forth like this, right? All built on maybe 50 acres, right? Two, three billion dollar project. Mm-hmm. Built by black people, bro, from South Central, from the Third Ward of Houston, from South Oak Cliff, from the Boogie Down Bronx, from the, from the, from the, uh, from the, the uh, Bacon Beans or, uh, or, uh uh, what was that? What was that? Uh, uh, Walaka in Florida, in Miami. It's a little neighborhood, but Walaka, uh, so like you know, but from the boroughs, right? Yeah, yeah. From Missouri, like all around, bro. All of your Hebrew Israelites that you know what I'm saying are in alignment with this frequency, right? Uh-huh. Us, yeah. Right? Coming together, putting this fun together to start just building these centers. Where we align with the with the proper location site location to build. Mm. Okay, this is a legacy build though. This isn't about us getting rich. It's about the value of life that we can go and see what we did, and we know that there's value there because we know there's a value add because we just improved a piece of property that's worth more than what we paid for it, and we have that equitable position in there. We're not looking necessarily to get rich off of it. We don't want the money back. Let's keep building because we know we're going to now institutionalize our kids to think this way, to become the leaders of the, of the, of the next phase of this. Right. Mm-hmm. And to keep pushing it forward, bro. Like, like, like the, um, the founding fathers of America did pretty much. Right. So we're going to found our own new America for ourselves. And the way we got to do it, bro, is not be at each other and come together and really do something. And I'm not talking about politically. I'm not talking about starting at the White House and getting government tax credits and shit like that. Nah, fuck all that. Mm-hmm. Like, put your money into the pot. Don't worry about it. 
We're going to assign the right people, and we're going to make sure that we got the right people because we're doing it with good intentions. It's, it's not to beat nobody out of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's to like be like, yo, we did this, right? Yeah. Period, man. That's the mindset. That's the energy. And there's nothing about it. It's like it's not even a debate whether it's going to be fucked up. And if something is fucked up, it was some shit that was out of our control, and we're going to understand that it was out of our control. But a lot of things that are out of our control can be mitigated. What do you think about the... Um in uh, I think it's in Georgia, the uh, it's like a hundred families or something like that that they build in like a little city. Mm-hmm. I think it's in Georgia. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know, but I think I heard about it. But what what you got to understand, remember, bro, we are the descendants. We are the genealogy, right, and the genotype of our of our ancestors. Mm-hmm. I'm not the only person that thinks like this. You just happen to know me, or you happen to hear about me. Mm-hmm. There's other people in this same frequency doing what we're doing. Some even doing it bigger. Like, there's other people that's doing what I'm talking about, but you just probably haven't seen it yet. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. There's there's a lot of us in this frequency right now. Um, I just think that mine is just relative to my thoughts. And a lot of people will say, you know, you're just a dreamer. But, like, aren't the fuck you supposed that's to dream? Bro- yeah, yeah, that's what like, you're supposed like, to like, do. Like, watch yeah. this, bro. When we grew up as kids, they put you in the room and tell you, like, use your imagination and dream, right? And then when you get to an age where you're supposed to be responsible, what the fuck? We're not supposed to dream, dream no more? Yeah. Supposed to live, like, in fucking reality and pay bills and go to work every day? No, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I'm still yeah. dreaming. Right. Like, and my dreams are big. And because their dream's not, fuck you. Like, don't hate on my dream. Like, let me keep dreaming and watch my dreams come true. And I'm not going to laugh at you, but I'm going to be like, ha-ha, I told you. Yeah. Like, you didn't believe, like, we can manage manifest things into the into our existence into our realm like god didn't give you all this good life just to sit the fuck here and work for somebody and not really like do something with your imagination yeah like everything that we have bro this this like these headphones these damn water bottles it came from a vision a dream that somebody had that somebody mostly everybody didn't believe in except for that one person that's it yeah. that came together with his whole temple his yeah. mind his heart and his whole body and, 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 and led the way and didn't wait for nobody to follow. Everybody else just got in line with it, you know? Mm. And it's, it's just that simple, bro. And, like, we see it every day, bro, man. These, these others, man, they, they go and build cities so fast. They build, Like, see how fast they building this shit, bro? Yeah. Fast as fuck, right? <laughs> yeah. Tell me some shit that we built as blacks that you done seen. Um... You talking about like structure wise? Like, I'm talking about structure wise. I'm talking about some infrastructure. I'm talking about some shit that we can put on TV and be like, man, we did this. Like that shit I just showed you on that video. Yeah. What we got like that? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Since when? <laughs> Nothing. Since ever. Yeah. Don't you think it's time? Yeah. Who gonna do it? And then you got other guys that's doing their own little shit in small little pockets. But bro, it's bigger than us, bro. We can't have small pockets. Our board of directors needs to be at least 150 strong. Like, we basically need to build, like, a, a damn presidential cabinet mm. of the best. Yeah. But not just because of their education or their experience, but because of their spiritual purpose. Mm. Not religious. You could be from any religion. Religion has no value. Your spiritual understanding for the most high God is what matters because all religions is cool. Right? Yeah. Like, just because you're a cripple of blood don't make you not a banger. Yeah. You're a banger. Yeah. And if we in the pen and on a foe yard and it go down the funk jump, nigga, we, we, nigga, blood's a cripple, nigga, we homies. Cause, <laughs> right? right? Right. Okay. So I don't care what religion you from. We on the foe line right now and it's, and, and it's a green light and they sticking you every chance they get. And that's, that's the yard you on right now. Yeah. And these, um, 
these proud boys and these these governors and uh, what they call them the um what they call these other little clowns? Antifa's. The Antifa's, bro. Man, the motherfuckers is nigga. You on level four right now. That's rocking. <laughs> yeah. What's happening? You feel me? Yeah. Okay. So, man, how can, um, how can people get a hold of you, man, if they want to? So, you can tap in with me on my IG at um, international underscore DK. You can email me at the DK standard uh, at gmail.com. That's my public Gmail. And uh, you can go to my website, www.thedkstandard.com. And uh, you can call me, too, at IMD. <laughs> I was like, this nigga getting everything. <laughs> yeah, just tap in with me on my IG, though. That's where I'm at. That's what's up, man. I appreciate you coming through, Tate, man. Oh, yeah, for, for sure. sure, man. It's uh, been right a pleasure, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You dropped man. some jewels on us, yo. Yo, man, thank y'all for tapping in with us, man. This has been the Tap In Podcast. Holla.